Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Talk, where we talk about a lot of things. Sometimes they matter, sometimes they don't, but they're always entertaining. We're your hosts, Coral and Emily Rose, and today we're going to be talking about mental health, self-worth, and the creation of safe spaces within the Black community. Emily, what's been your experience with mental health, as much as you're willing to talk about on this podcast? Um... I think, I don't know, I think I've had a very interesting journey um, with mental health um, because I was kind of raised with that whole very, you know, if you just put your head down and work hard, everything's going to be okay. Just Mm -hmm. like bypass it, whatever you're feeling right now, like it's um, temporary, doesn't matter, just focus on school, focus on work, that's it, that's the only thing that matters. And so I kind of at first didn't really like comprehend people who like struggled with like depression or anxiety or things of that nature at the time I had um, friends who did and like I didn't fully understand it because in my brain I was kind of just like bro just ignore it just like you know like because that's like kind of how um, I was raised and that's how a lot of us are raised you know and then when like as I got older I also started to kind of like have some mental health struggles and I obviously like couldn't really be like open about it with my parents and stuff because it was like like once I remember I told my mom I was like mom I think I'm depressed she's like what do you have to be depressed about and I was like okay well that's you know so it's kind of been difficult to um, navigate finding support for the things that I'm facing when like the people closest to you don't fully understand it you know so but I don't think that like I think I've been lucky enough to have decent support systems like I'm well aware that like it could be a lot worse you know and I don't think I deal with like very severe mental health issues but um yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like weird to navigate um yeah how about you I mean, for me, it's been really like kind of the same, you know, sort of concept of what's there to be depressed about. Like you're not, you know, suffering in the depths of Cameroon without food for days. You're not walking around barefoot. You've got, (laughs) you know, food on your plate, clothes on your back, a roof over your head day and night. So it's kind of that concept of the gratitude should overpower any negative feelings or anything bad that's happening. And there's also mm-hmm. been a lot of, oh, you need to be resilient. People in this country aren't resilient. You guys are always crying over things, you know, like you need to oh be resilient. Like, especially with parents that are teachers and they would encounter a lot of situations where like teachers would like teachers being weak and not weak, sorry, but teachers being vulnerable, teachers crying, things like that. Like that is not something that was received well in my family that was often mocked and things like that. Just like any figure of authority or anyone that has any sort of power showing vulnerability and weakness has been something that's been really looked down upon. Like even the concept of having a teacher apologize to you is a concept that's like unfathomable um, in my family. So it was kind of like mental health is just not really this thing that was ever really discussed. Um, I, I was put in a situation where I dealt and I'm still dealing with a lot of trauma. So there's like, well, now I'm kind of in the situation where we have to recognize the effects of certain events on people. You know, even if you yourself don't fully understand, or in this case, like my parents, my family don't fully understand why it is that it is this way. 
you just have to recognize it and work along with it. So that's been my experience with mental health. I've had the chance to um, have a family that's supportive of me um, gaining access to things like therapy and other mental health resources. So I've had that luck. Not everyone has that luck and I'm aware of that. So yeah, like I've been, I feel like I've been very lucky as well to not be dealing with any like mental health issues um, either outside of the situations that I'm trying to navigate in my personal life, like, but they're not mental health issues, more like, I mean, I guess there's still work I need to do on that, <laughs> figuring that out. But um, I still feel like I'm in a good place mentally, like a very rel relatively good place, like a really, really good place mentally. So I'm really lucky to be there. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I think one of the biggest things that kind of came from like me growing up in the whole like just tough it out thing is that I have a very difficult time expressing my emotions one um two I am I also find it very difficult to ask people for help um like I like as you were talking about the whole concept of you know weakness and vulnerability and that being a negative thing is something that I have not completely overcome so I still find it extremely difficult to be vulnerable in situations of everyday life like even with people that I'm like super duper close to like like people that I love like I find it extremely difficult to be like open um because I don't want to say like I'm scared you know I have walls up <laughs> like, in a sense kind of sort of you know and like I also kind of have complexes around you know what does it mean to be like successful you know yeah. and like things of that nature are constantly like I guess because when I was younger it was constantly put in my head that it's like you need to go to school, you need to succeed, you need to do good things all the time. My brain is constantly like, no matter what I do, I don't think it's good enough kind of thing. Mm. Like, no matter the accomplishment or the praise, I, I don't say praise, I don't sound like a dick, but like, no matter, <laughs> but like, no matter like what external sources kind of tell me, I don't think I'll ever, oh, that's a bit depressing in it, but like, I don't think I'll ever like fully a hundred percent be like proud of myself because I'm always thinking of like what I could do better or like how what I did wasn't good enough. Or mm. like, I'm thinking of the next thing I should do because it's like, once you did something, it's the past. And now you need to focus on doing more things and bigger things and better things yeah. all the time. So that's kind of like, and then so I kind of like sometimes I think of things like that so much to the point where it's kind of like paralyzing in a sense. So it's like when you're constantly thinking of what you should be doing and what you're not doing and how everyone is like better than you and how you're not at the same level as everyone else and how you're constantly disappointing the people around you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like very difficult to like actually like do shit and like get the shit you need to do done so yeah so it's kind of like stuff like stuff in that realm that I deal with um yeah, yeah. like but I feel like but that, that's another thing about like mental health that's a bit tricky um because it's like without the access to proper mental health resources I feel like 
people kind of just assume that everybody feels these feelings, you know, or that everybody thinks the way they do or that everyone is going through what they're going through. And it's only once you like start talking to people, you realize that that might not be normal, you know, but like a lot of people don't have the option to talk to people about stuff like that. And then like people on the internet are constantly like talking shit about, oh my God, guys, don't self-diagnose, don't self-diagnose. But it's like some people don't really have like the resources or the option not to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, especially that thing with having a hard time asking for help. It's like, it's always been instilled upon you that like, you need to, you need to know how to get things done. You need to know to do things. And especially with like a lot of things that I experienced growing up, I just got used to dealing with things myself, like being the eldest child and all that. And like a bunch of kids, a bunch of kids coming after you it's like you kind of learn to like you need to deal with things yourself you need to do things on your own and especially when it's like people are like well you have to succeed you know you need to be the successful one you can't not be like you've always been the person who's been who's like had the the medals and the awards and the accomplishments and all that and you need to let these accomplishments run by you otherwise like you need to let them essentially run by you so that you can go on to bigger better things you can't stop you know, you can never just sit down and be like, wow, I did so. No, you can't do that. You always need to be looking for something bigger and better. And that's actually been like one of the reasons why I've noticed that growing up, like something that happens a lot with like kids who excel is that parents stop praising them. Like parents get so used to seeing them succeed that they stop praising them and they go really, really hard on them if they're doing just as well as like their other siblings, for example. You know, if like everyone's getting a B, but they're used to seeing that kid get an A, the minute that kid gets an A, it's like a whole thing. But when the other kid's getting a B, everyone's clapping and cheering. And it's becoming, and it became like this really like, it became this thing where it's like, I can never actually realize the things that I've accomplished. Like, I don't know, like, people will be like, oh, you did this, you did that, that's so, no, 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 no. Like, I can never, I've never been able to sit down and be like, whoa, I did that. Like, it's really hard for me to do it. And other people usually have to do it for me, for me to remember that I've done things. I just, like, I just find in slight a slight amount of enjoyment in the things that I do. I don't necessarily focus on the impact of my accomplishments because it's always like, oh, that's just a really kara thing to do right it's just a carrière thing to do it's not like it's particularly impressive in any way if someone else did it it would be incredibly impressive right but because Kara's done things of that sort you know now that she's doing it again it's just something she does we're not gonna you know give it something like a special round of applause bro that thing about like once you start doing things well or accomplishing things like in a certain field like people or at like at this like specific point it's like your parents or your family stop like praising you felt because it was literally because it's like at one point it's kind of just like it becomes expected behavior you know so as you said like you get chastised when they see the negatives but they don't praise you for the constant positives um so much so that you kind of lose the ability to discern like you know the importance of the things you do um yep. Like, yeah, no, especially even with things like um, like universities and things of that nature. Yeah, no, I just think that it can be really damaged. I don't think people like understand that it can be damaging because I, I feel like it kind of sounds like a first world problem, but I feel like it can actually be like extremely damaging. Yeah, it's the concept of like 
people getting praised for doing things or for doing things that like at their level is really good. But if you were to ever do those things, you would get chastised and attacked for it because they consider it to be above your level. It's like when um, people like, when people are like, I don't know if you've experienced this in high school, when you like get like a 90, for example, and you feel bad because, or sorry, like an 80, for example, and you feel bad because you know your parents are going to say something about Please, it. Please, put some respect like, oh, Why didn't you get a 90? <laughs> but then you see someone else who got like a 70 and you're like, oh, that's really good. I'm really proud of you. And then they're like, no, you're not actually proud of me. You got like this grade. But at the same time, it's like, this is an accomplishment for you. You should be proud of yourself regardless. You know, but in this case with parents, it's like, oh, they, they're more thinking about what it is that you didn't do than what it is that you did do. So it's always this like lack of appreciation that they have for the things that you do that ends up seeping into you because you can no longer appreciate anything that you've accomplished. Like, I also think it slightly comes like from the parents' perspective. I also think it slightly comes from a thing of like, we don't want to make every, anybody feel bad, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like if you are just like if the person who's doing best is just like not getting praise, the people who are doing, you know, who are trying their best, like when the person tries their best, they get praised. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we should get more praise for effort. I feel like effort matters a lot. Absolutely. Like the obviously the outcome is important, whatever, but it's like the amount of effort you put into something matters Mm -hmm. um and oftentimes it's not actually recognized and I think that can be extremely problematic but I also think that like people whose effort is not often recognized like make it a point to constantly recognize the effort that others make and like to constantly praise others so it's like me for example it's like I can constantly tell my friends, oh my God, you're doing so great. Oh, I love that for you. Or like, you can constantly like uplift and support the people around you. Or you constantly like, you're constantly like make big deals of things because it's like, you know, that people never did that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, at least like that's how personally I am because it's like, I know that like when I did these things, like no one ever made like a big deal about it for me. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they would have. So it's like, I do it you know, living vicariously or whatever. (laughs) But I feel like you kind of enact, like you do the things, like at at least in a positive kind of way, I guess, like the things that you like you wished people had done for you. Yeah. You know? I feel like in university, it's especially hard because high school is like, high school, you can just kind of like, you know, you can just kind of like fuck around and manage to pull something out of it, you know, manage to pass classes, especially here, they, they don't like failing you. So you can usually pull a little, a couple strings and make it at least, but in uni, it's different. Like they do not give a shit, you know, like uni, the work, especially now with COVID, it's like, you need to be able to recognize effort, please. Like recognize the sacrifices I made to get here because to you, it may not seem like something, especially considering that in these cases, um, immigrant parents often went through a lot of shit, you know, that they don't get praised for. No one's praising immigrant parents for immigrating, you know, because it's a very common experience amongst that community. So they're not like patting each other's backs for going through the exact same experience. But it's like, please like even if it doesn't seem like anything big to you just like learn to understand that even if it doesn't pull the results that you want the effort that I put into this is probably like extremely great and also because it's like bro I don't know if y'all listening understand like if you're in uni you understand maybe 
but like being involved in high school and being involved in university mm-hmm. are two complete bro in high school you could coast as Catherine was saying you know like a teacher could kind of do the work for you you know or like you could like half-ass stuff and like stuff would still magically get done or you yeah. know you'll you'll send a report to somebody and then that person will do all of the like follow-ups and like figure shit out but like in university because like now you know you're an adult you're grown now so it's like you like initiatives that you create you are solely the responsible of right obviously like you work with teams and stuff but it's still like an extreme amount of work like for example I'm on the what's it called the black student network at my school and it's like I did not realize the workload I would have so it's because like you're constantly in meetings right you're constantly setting stuff stuff up you're contacting people emails calls whatever you're trying to like script like figure out how to get stuff done right because you need to like and it's not only like if you're in a club a committee it's not like a one-time thing it's like you're constantly doing things Mm. for that club like for the duration of the semester or the duration of the year right and then on top of that you have classes personally I take five I take a full course load right so you have your five classes on top of all of these things right and it's so much and then on top of that I work right so you have all Mm. of these things and it's kind of just like oh but that's what you're supposed to do you know it's kind of reduced to like oh but it's like you know what else would you be doing like obviously Mm. that's what you're doing but like I don't think people understand like how draining it actually is because on top of that you can't just be doing extracurriculars and vibes like no like you also need to like get good grades and you also Mm -hmm. need to like so it's so hard to be everything at once you know especially when that everything is never good enough yeah like it's so exhausting like yeah because I was thinking about um recently well I've been having my reading weeks I've had a lot of free time and I've been thinking about like law school right I think about if I want to go to law school what's it going to look like what's that going to look like for me and it's like they want someone who's involved they want someone who has a story. They want someone who has good grades. They want someone who has good LSAT score. They want someone who's done this and that, you know, like, yo. <laughs> Law schools aren't designed for poor people. Let me just say Absolutely that. <laughs> because how is like a regular, regular person supposed to be getting these 3.7 GPA, 3.8, 3.9 GPAs, be involved, be in internship. Internships don't pay you. So you're supposed to be doing summer instead of spending your summer working to pay for tuition. You're spending summer doing internships. You're, you know, you have connections in law firms and you can have like, oh, like after school, I go to my dad's law office and I intern. Mm -hmm. Like you have ways of making it work, you know, but law schools are so demanding. Very elitist. Like, damn, like them nigga, yo, like it's not good enough to be smart. You have to be smart. And like, I saw a tweet that was like, go getting 
like high amounts of post-secondary education don't necessarily indicate intelligence it indicates like excessive resources so it's like getting a PhD or getting a master's or like having like five doctorates doesn't necessarily mean like you're the smartest person they obviously have to be like somewhat intelligent to get a doctorate yeah but it but it also means that you had enough resources to keep yourself going through those 25 years of study right because it's like exactly for regular people that's not feasible like I can't spend 12 years of my life making little to no income and then all having to pay repay student loans back making like starting wages that like it just doesn't exactly it makes no sense and like in relation to mental health like people will be in school like I've I was talking to this one person who was talking about how she's in school full-time working full-time and it's like whoa and the thing is even despite like despite the fact that she's in school full-time working full-time if she went to like law school for example they'd be like "Mm, you didn't get involved Mm, what about your grades Mm, what about the internships you know like some people I actually cannot fathom like the concept of like the elitism in law schools is just has just been incredibly baffling. Like I've been looking into what NS Johnson is just mind boggling, but like back to mental health, I've been thinking about going to law school. Cause it's like, if I go to law school, it's going to be this times. I don't even know, you know, I don't know what law school is like, like even law school, as I've been seeing it on TV looks like hell. So I can't imagine like what real life law school, like what kind of hell is reserved for me in real life law school? Like they're always telling us these are some of the smartest people in this room. These are also some of the people with the most amount of money. So these are people who are probably going to do half the work I'm doing and do like 10 times better simply because they've been exposed to that environment their whole lives, you know? So there's so much of that of like, how am I going to be able to maintain even like a semblance of my mental health throughout that time especially since being in law school you have less chances of creating a sense of community you know finding community yeah I'm, I don't know how many like people in my social economic class of my race of my gender how many people am I going to find in that space that are going to make me feel like I'm actually surrounded and supported I don't know Bro, even live in undergrad, I've been struggling with that because it's like, because until I actually sit down and think about it, I kind of just assume everyone like shares the same socioeconomic background. But then you'll talk to people and be like, oh, like, where are you from? And they'll be like, oh, well, I lived in Dubai for three years and then I moved to South Africa and then I lived in Guinea for three years and then I lived in New Jersey, but then I moved to BC and then now I'm here. What do your parents do? Oh, they're diplomats. Oh, my dad works for Google. Oh, my dad codes at Amazon. Oh, like, like I, whenever it like clicks in my brain that like I'm around like people who have like money, you know? So it's like, if yeah. it doesn't work out, like, dang, like that's tough. You wasted university, but it's like, they'll, they'll, they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, like when they're doing the whole, huh, let's study while we're drunk or while they're doing the whole, oh let's gosh. go out and get drunk on a Tuesday night. And we have a midterm the next day, like we're not the same and I think it's really interesting that here at least everyone loves to like cosplay brokenness because my school is it gives very like artsy vibes you know people who wear bear rings bear necklaces the you know the low rise jeans the the hair like on bataille you know the loose clothes like that's like the vibe Mm. 
and everyone gives like oh my god save the animals you know like but it's like what is your dad standing in the middle of the street to protect the turtles yo like but it's like what does your dad do like what do your parents do how did you like and every time I think about that I get kind of like demoralized like you'll talk to someone and they'll be like oh yeah my parent is like a prof at this place and they've written xyz like oh wait you know my mom oh this that and the third and like they make connections that way so it's like they already have their foot in the door so then there's also that like Mm. added anxiety of like coming in kind of like a step behind everybody else um that I constantly feel just like when I think about stuff like that I'm just really out here like damn like people were just born on like different levels mm-hmm. people were really just born on different levels and I understand that because I also go to this institution yeah. I also have a certain level of privilege I'm not sitting here and saying oh I'm poor like no <laughs> like obviously I'm not dull. like okay like I grew up like middle class I'm not mm-hmm. like saying that I'm from the trenches like let's tone it down <laughs> but I do think that like I am the definition of middle class because often when people say middle class, they mean like, oh, we have a cottage and a boat and we go to Florida for winter and spring. No, 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 no. That is not middle class. Leave that, alone. No, it's them ones where it's like each student, each kid in the house plays maybe one sport, maybe, Ma'am. maybe an <laughs> extracurricular, maybe like, but that's, that's funny as hell. yeah, it's kind of hard when you can't really find any like people to like fully identify with because mm-hmm. like you talk about your struggles and then they're like oh. and the whole time you're thinking, at you <laughs> bro a whole time thinking they can relate but they can't they God can't damn. and like the thing too is that mental health is also not cheap like caring about your mental health like tending to your mental health that shit is not cheap. And considering the conversations that the Black community has been having about like mental health and the importance of healing, ta, 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 I don't feel like there's enough resources made available to actually back that up. Like, I feel like we're often left to our own devices when it comes to dealing with a lot of these things. It's often just like, oh, heal. Oh, work on this. Oh, na, na, na. But it's like, how many of y'all can afford that? Let's talk about it. Because as harsh as this is going to be to say, Dear people of the internet, hear me and hear me well. Black women are not here to fix you. Black women are not here for you to trauma dump on. We are not here for you to work out your anger issues. We are not here to, you know, take the broken pieces of the past and make you a better person. Relax. Like, I get it, right? I get that your partner obviously is supposed to make you a better person. But the way people on the internet talk, it'll literally like you will actually be emotionally abusing your partner and it'll be like oh my god but she makes me better do you make her better because you're actually destroying a person like we need as you were saying we need more resources because this whole thing of kind of just like relying on regular regular people to carry literally. your emotional burden that's just not it that's, that's just not and then nonsense. when people don't want to do that then it's like ah you're not a ride or die ah you're a bad friend like you can't force people to carry your trauma for you I feel like that's rude like (laughs) no it's so like a good friend obviously listens to you Mm -hmm. right but like if it's constantly you dumping your heavy emotional and then some people 
carry like other people's trauma with them it's like if you're telling your friend all of these things then it's also gonna like make your friend's day worse and then like it's your friend does not have the capacity or the tools to deal with those things like they don't because like um because I was listening I was reading this therapist tweets and this therapist was talking about how even like as a therapist you're not always ready all the time to take on people's trauma you know, like you can't just go to a random Tim Hortons and then someone can just start talking about their trauma. You can't just do that because you need to be in a certain headspace. You need to be in the headspace exactly. of I'm about to do my job. I'm about to provide resources. I'm about to do this. Like you need to get in a certain mode. It's not just like you wake up and then any moment of the day, you could just start taking on everyone's family problems, you know? So like now a regular person who literally does not probably doesn't even have the tools like to deal with their issues. You probably don't even know if they're like, healing I don't know because it's to exactly your trauma on someone else is to assume that they're at a point where they're like farther down with their healing than you and I feel like that's a bold and unfair assumption to make to assume that this person does not need help or this person is fine but I'm not fine here's all my problems and now you're responsible for it and more times it's like it's literally the blind leading the blind. Like, you come to me for literally. advice, like, nigga, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Like, I give you shit advice. You give me shit advice. We're both making our lives worse. Like, what is the purpose? <laughs> like, I'm lucky. I feel like, well, I don't I, I don't want to say most because, like, I don't think they do that in America. But at least my school, like, we have, like, mental health services. Mm-hmm. Um, They're slow. Um, they're quite it's it's a lengthy process like last year I think I called I made my appointment genre November I got my appointment janvier um, oh my gosh it's a lengthy and then it's like even now like my checkups I think are like or my checkups my sessions whatever are like once a month ish mm. you know but personally it's better than nothing like as someone mm. who hadn't like had access to like mental health resources before I still find it like extremely helpful like it's more helpful than like not having access because it's like now I can like talk to the people that can like actually like get me the help I need you know instead of just like telling my friend how like sad I am all the time and how I don't want to do any like because it's like your friend can only help you so much you know your friend can sympathize with you they can hold your hand they can even cry with you but at the end of the day who's the one in that bed being sad you so like it's just not any closer to figuring anything out like it's just not productive to keep Mm -hmm. like this whole like stereotype of like oh black people are strong and it's like all we need is us and like it's like yeah like I think it's a beautiful sentiment you know like to believe in your community and to believe in yourself but at the end of the day it's like you also like professionals also are there for a reason I'm not saying you need to go to like a white therapist you can try to find a black part of the people you know you can try to find like a therapist of color if that makes you more comfortable me personally would make more comfortable but like go to somebody that can help because like black people have this thing of like I don't know how to say it in English like you know you don't have to put your business outside kind uh, of you know yeah. don't, like people Keeping don't need to know your cells, business yeah. you know what, what happens in the house people don't need to know your family's business this amount of distrust you know? yo everything and everyone it's ridiculous like even people that like you know know they're like now they don't need to know that much about you like why would you tell them that Always keeping them at arm's length exactly so like this whole thing once again going back to like the fear well 
obviously like the fear of vulnerability and the fear of trust in black communities it stemmed from somewhere right right shout out to the white people you know shout out to y'all <laughs> it stemmed from somewhere obviously because it's like black people could not be too trusting because like white people take advantage of it right yeah but it's like i feel like generational trauma hello um when we talk about breaking generational trauma cycles right someone tweeted Y'all think breaking generational trauma is buying your a toddler a pair of Gucci sneakers. Literally. Oh my gosh. Like, sure, generational trauma, like breaking is maybe amassing some type of generational wealth. Uh, But even that's not the same. Exploitation. That's literally not the same. But like real, the real work is needs to be done like within yourself and within the communities, you know, like decolonize your mind you know it needs to be like done within like actual practices within the community and not just kind of like oh I can afford to go on vacations now oh I can afford to buy a house now because those things are good but it's like long term if every black person can buy a house but we still can't talk about our emotions how far have we come literally and I feel like the whole concept of like therapy we often talk about it as like a general concept but we don't actually get into what that means because we're like oh black community we depend on each other right but we don't actually get into what it means to go to therapy to stay in therapy to be you know to um like work through your issues with a therapist we never actually get into what that means and like especially with the conversations of like black women and like their relationships with black men and the concept of Black men wanting safe spaces, I feel like there's so much to be said about, like, why Black men, like, why Black men don't turn to therapy enough, in my opinion, at least. Like, I don't feel like it's an option that's been, that's explored enough amongst Black men. And I remember this one guy was talking about how, like, how, oh, Black women, you guys tell us to go to therapy, but you guys still aren't perfect. You guys are coming out of therapy, you still aren't perfect, but why are you telling us to go to therapy, pushing us to do these things, making us do these things, na 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 Well, clearly you guys are coming out and you're still annoying. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, first of all, the whole concept, like clearly there's some things he's missing because for one, the whole point is that there's never a point where we come out perfect right like there's never a point where like you're healed like that's that's not that doesn't exist that doesn't happen you can always do better you can always progress as a person there's never a point where you just stop and then boom that's just the end you've learned everything you need to learn that's simply unfeasible and this like it's almost as if like therapy is depicted as this like feminine thing like Mm. it's a very feminine thing to sit down and talk to someone about your problems it's almost like gossiping like it's not actually looking for resources to deal with your issues. It's just like this little woman thing that you're doing here. You know, it's always a woman who wants to go to couples therapy. It's always a woman that wants to do these things, this and that. And I feel like that transpires into the concept of like men wanting men wanting to come closer to healing, but not actually going about it the right way. Like I hear, I've heard a lot of comments to them and I'm talking more about men in the situation because like I date men, but like <laughs> I've encountered a situation where it's like, oh, like the the reason why men don't talk about their feelings is because women laugh at us when we talk about our feelings. And it's like, 
for one, I've never seen that happen personally, but I can't speak for everyone. But even in that case scenario, why are you blaming it entirely on women? Because it's like, if you told your friends about your feelings, if you talk to your friends about your feelings, they would laugh too. You know, they would laugh at you as well. Like if you told your dad about how you felt, like he'd laugh in your face. You told your uncle, he's going to laugh at you as well. So it's like, I feel like it starts somewhere. It just ends at women because we're expected to be healers and we're expected to be, you know, all these things. We're expected to be the person that frees you from all Mm -hmm. those things. But the actual, like, the actual origin of those sorts of behaviors are oftentimes other men because like, who teaches you how to be a man, quote unquote, other men you know but then we come to women and it's like why aren't you healing me why aren't you pulling me out of my struggle and I feel like it's just this added weight for black women to be healers and to heal (laughs) like that's what I've experienced like Like, I need to heal partially because I want to be healed but also because someone else needs to be healed behind me (laughs) it's like it's very but also that notion that like at least once again, I'm heterosexual. So I'm going to be speaking about men because I date men as well. But um, the whole idea that like men, at least in relationships, talk to their partner about their problems is because it's like, that's the one person that they could be vulnerable with. And like, that's really sad, you know, that there's only like Mm -hmm. one person at a time that you feel that you can like truly be vulnerable with right men are like oh like I need like I've actually been told this by a guy before he's like yeah like I need to find a girl who's gonna like you know break me out of my shell you know who's gonna help me overcome these things you know and then like he told me he was like yeah you know Emily like that's why I like you because like in contrast to me you know you're so you see life in such like a different way and you're so happy and like this that and the third right but it's like who said that (laughs) who said all that like but it's like that puts tremendous pressure on a person like that doesn't allow for me to feel you know Because if Mm -hmm. I constantly need to be there for when you're sad or when you're mad as like a beacon of, you know, hope and positivity and light and happiness, right? If you're the only reason that you're okay is because I'm okay, then that puts tremendous pressure on me to be okay all All the the time, time. Yeah, which is impossible because I'm a person. you know and so when I'm sad when I'm depressed what is it oh Emily this isn't like you you know you're normally so happy you know just go back to being yourself Mm -hmm. you know that like diminishes women to kind of these what's that like film term like you know like the the trope of like the manic pixie the manic the manic pixie dream girl who kind of like comes in and she's like the guy's dream girl and she like fixes his life and she's kind of like non like she's not a real person Mm-hmm. you know she kind of just embodies all of the things that the man wants her to embody and she doesn't really have any characteristics of her own you know and I think a lot of men have come to expect that from their partners because they can't seem to find like solace anywhere else they can't talk to their male friends they can't talk to their parents they can't talk to therapists you know yeah. the only person they can talk to about their emotions is their girlfriends right so if their girlfriends now are upset who does their girlfriend talk to you know it's like you can come to me with all of your problems 
but where can I go? You can turn to me when you're having a bad day, but who can I turn to? You know, and it creates this kind of like one-sided dynamic where you're constantly trauma dumping on me and I have to carry both of our trauma because I'm too scared to say anything to you that might kind of like trigger you or like make you feel a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, and it can be like the same thing in friendships. Like it's unhealthy like to fully to be emotionally reliant on a singular person uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. yeah like I feel like so then the question comes of like how do we create safe spaces for a group that like seems to be constantly contradicting themselves <laughs> like men let me not say men or from what I've seen black men on twitter um every time you know a man shows some type of emotion there's one of two reactions it's either oh you know y'all say you want safe spaces for men but then this is how y'all treat us when we talk about our emotions or it's people like making fun of him typically other men especially this is like a random point but like it kind of relates the whole simp epidemic okay Now, the simp concept kind of got overplayed when, like, white people got a hold of it because it used to only mean, like, extreme behaviors, you know, when, like, you're thirsting after someone that clearly doesn't want you. But nowadays, it has literally come to mean, like, someone who treats their partner with, like, respect. So, like, a guy will get his girl flowers and they'll literally be like, oh, my God, he's a simp. He's such a simp. I would never do that. I would never get my girl flowers. Oh, I would never do this for my girl. I can't simp for a girl. So it's making fun of men who show their emotions, who show their affection. Right. And it's never I've never, ever seen a woman do that. Right. It's constantly Mm -hmm. men. But in the same breath. It's those men who will then turn around and say, oh, but men should be allowed to be emotionally vulnerable yeah, um, and they should be allowed to express their emotions without getting critiqued. But it's like, bestie, which one is it? Because if you're going to be like, oh, I would never do that. Uh, bo- the uh, boys for life. Uh, like I would never like what? Skip FIFA to talk to my girl. Never that like those same niggas will be like oh but like you know you make fun of niggas for crying which i don't do but it's like sir so do you like which one do you want exactly and i think the concept of creating safe spaces for men like a safe space for men isn't safe if it's unsafe for men that aren't cisgendered or heterosexual that's not a safe space like tell them again saying safe space for men and it's just safe for you and your friends to be hateful towards other groups and the complicated aspect of being both um oppressed and the oppressor is that you have to make sure that you're not being an oppressor while you're trying to address the fact that you're oppressed. Because if you're spending the entire time, if your safe space is a space to just talk about ass or to talk about like, oh, that's so gay, no homo, like that's not a safe, that's not a safe space. Like your barbershop is not a safe space. Okay. And it's like, 
I feel like the concept of safe space, it hasn't been, I don't want to have been co-opted, but it's people or people that are often saying they want safe spaces don't understand what that actually entails because that actually means unlearning a lot of harmful concepts so that the space can be safer for other members of the group. The space, the space can't just be safe for you. You can't just want people to welcome you and not actually want to welcome other people. You can't be like, oh, I want someone to listen to me when I talk about my feelings and then be like, oh, I only tolerate the gays. Like you can't be doing both those things. You need to pick a side. If you want no one to accept you, then you can also like, if you don't want to accept other people, then why are you going to demand that people accept you as well? I also think it's a thing of like, as we were like, who would be included in these safe spaces? Who are these safe spaces targeted at, right? Because when we talk about like women not or not taking men seriously or whatever, like black men. So in this safe space, would the safe space solely be for black men to talk about their feelings? Would women need to be there? Would women need to like, so because every, because I often see, Exactly, because I often see the conversation of like safe spaces for Black men arise when women are involved. I hardly ever see it when it's only just like Mm -hmm. men. Like maybe like a woman will make a comment about something and then they're going to be like, we need safe spaces for Black men to talk about their issues without being shamed, right? But at the same time, it's like, what would be the composition of these groups if you the one demanding the safe space is also the one participating in the shaming you know what i mean it's not being safe like how are black men ever going to be able to express themselves like emotionally if they refuse to unlearn any toxic behavior Mm -hmm. like at all like literally you bring up hey maybe that was colorist hey maybe that was um sexist hey maybe that was homophobic transphobic they'd be like oh no you're soft oh this that and the third so it's like what emotions are you talking about exactly like what yeah like it can't be some sort of like i don't want to say it's transactional but like to be a give or take somewhere like you can't just be wanting to take 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 and I feel like that's where um that's where it's been decided or that's why it's been decided to make women responsible for it because it's like okay we're just gonna take 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 but it's like in this case scenario where you actually hold men accountable it's like I need to give as well it has to be a give or take situation like you have to recognize that it has to be a give or take situation because like your boys aren't giving you know like I feel like it's um, kind of back to the single, like the 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 one man show when it comes to the uh, the support system thing. I feel like it's weird when it's like the only reason you have any semblance of a support system or any semblance of a safe space is because you have a romantic partner. So outside of having a romantic partner, safe spaces don't exist. So now you need to actually you need to either be in this relationship all the time, like you have to stay. You have no choice or you need to constantly be in relationships to have a semblance of a safe space that is not something that is constant for you so what is this concept of making women responsible for you having a safe space if you won't actually hold like your friends for example to that same standard exactly like why is it yeah exactly what you said why do women need to be the ones to create safe spaces for men to express 
their um, emotions, you know, um, especially when men have never done the same for women. Every single safe space for um let me even think how many safe spaces do women actually have but that's not like that's beside the point every like type of support system that women have has been created by by women women for for women women to specifically tailor you know so it's like why i don't understand why the whole concept of safe spaces is only ever brought up when women are in the conversation like you'll never hear a nigga sitting by himself with his friends being like yo guys we should be able to talk about our emotions freely like we should be able to if we're feeling sad you know homie i've had a bad day you know i want to talk to you about my shitty day you know Mm. my someone pissed me off like i want to talk to you about it you know Mm. you hardly ever see these conversations happen in private you know people hardly ever actually like do the work you know on their own yeah on their own but because women are more accustomed to participating in things of that nature they feel like black women especially black women they feel like it's just easier for them to kind of it's like if you can talk to your shorty about your problems you can talk to your friends about your problems Mm -hmm. you know and then when i say talk about your problems there's a difference between like venting about a shitty day and like trauma dumping on someone also like no know your limits stay within it like obviously if you have people in your life you should be able to like you know vent to them or like go to them for like advice and stuff but there's levels you know obviously like obviously like there's a I feel like there's a reasonable amount where you can be like you know what maybe like another regular regular person doesn't need this burden you know or just can't help me with this at all you just cannot help me like what is the purpose so yeah yeah no yeah like the concept of safe spaces for men too I feel like it's a very backwards idea because like as you said every minority group has created safe space for themselves for two reasons one the majority doesn't give a shit and two the majority doesn't understand you know you can't I'm not gonna I'm never gonna ask a man to speak for me because he won't know what to say you know the same way you can't ask women to speak for you because we won't know what to say and we won't know what to help how to help you necessarily and I feel like it's expected that women play this role in your life of like fixing you and saving you and then when we're not playing it right we're getting chastised for it but it's like why are we playing this role in the first place you know why are we getting attacked for playing this role that we shouldn't even be playing that you wouldn't even ask one another to play like safe spaces for men can't be safe for men if women are in it like we're literally we don't we're not men we don't know you we don't know what it's like to be a man we're going to get things wrong we're going to come into the conversation and give our perspective like we could be talking like just now as we're talking today we're probably not taking account like certain aspects of like the male experience into account specifically because we're not men you know so in that like in that you know in that case men need to push for safe spaces that only include them so that the unlearning can happen in a way that is you know tailored for men's needs yeah like the creation of safe spaces doesn't just happen like when women decide to stop like to start accepting more quote-unquote emotional men you know that's not where it starts and ends it doesn't start and end with dating preferences it never does um like that's just like an irritating thing about like Mm -hmm. the internet like everything's about like dating preferences and it's like hey bro like 
there are like real world like ramifications to like your shit it's like you're depressed and you can't talk to anybody about it you know and that's a problem but that's not necessarily a problem that like women can help you with you know that's not necessarily a problem that like I just think that if people were very serious about creating safe spaces um like obviously it needs to be done on a global scale for it to matter but people would start you know like it starts at home you know it starts like with your friend groups it starts with the people you know it starts with your following and it also starts with the, the type of people that you interact with right because you can't be supporting a ti a da baby a tory lanes and then R. talk Kelly. about safe spaces. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing, too. Like, I I was talking to my boyfriend about this yesterday, um, the other day. And it's just like, how can you push towards unlearning so many of the concepts that have held you down if you don't truly understand the roots of these things? Like, I don't understand the concept of, like, even if you want to create a safe space and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to work on creating safe spaces but you're not ready to let go of that one friend who's like completely homophobic or who's like, you know, who's essentially just a terror. I don't know, like how, how much of a safe space, like how safe is your space really? If like the only source of, uh, I guess, goodness, quote unquote, are the women you surround yourself with. If you only make the, if you only hold the women around you accountable for being good, how safe is that space really? Because at the end of the day, the space, the space isn't really safe for everyone. It's just safe for you. You know, like it's just safe for you. That's not the concept of like, we're not doing anything. It's not actually changing anything. It's just like exploiting women. It's not really like, nothing's being done for men long-term, you know, because at the end of the day, you're still going to be hanging out with men who have these sorts of beliefs. So deep down, those beliefs still exist. You just want someone who doesn't have those expectations for you. You know, so are you actually like, what I'm trying to say here is that if you spend time with people who expect you to be like this, but you truly don't believe that you should be expected to be like this, like, how does that match? I feel like if you spend time with people who still have these sorts of like this idea of what it means to be a man, then I feel like that internalization hasn't stopped for you. And that won't necessarily mean that you won't be prone to teaching that to the next generation. Because the only reason you, like, the only reason you let go, the only reason you're vulnerable, the only reason you act like someone that's not misogynistic or homophobic or transphobic is because you have a woman that's holding you accountable for those things. But in every other environment, you're not moving like that. So what is it? What's actually being done here? Yeah, like, often, um, I keep going back to this, but often the burden is put on women. But when in reality the majority of women have never really had a problem with men expressing their emotions. Like, I've never heard a girl tell me, like, oh, my God, he was too honest with me. He told me I his have. feelings. And, oh! <laughs> yeah, I have. She, oh! Mm-hmm. I mean, see, the thing is, like, internalized, like, homophobia is a thing, right? And that exists Yo. in women, too. Like, homophobia in the Black community is rampant. Like, men, women, Sidebar. everyone. People heterosexual women i tweeted this heterosexual women who won't date bisexual men are bizarre i know because that's not a dating preference literally not like it's (laughs) just homophobic homophobic. oh my gosh oh they'll be like yeah like i just prefer 
straight men like what does that mean what is there to prefer what does that mean and then niggas will be like yeah but like what if he cheats on with you on you with a man what if he cheats on you with a woman with a woman <laughs> what is your point madam like that's a, like a tangent but like yeah. it's just it's just never sat right with me and like in the show insecure i think like molly did that she broke up with a nigga because he was I don't know if he was bisexual or if he had had sex with a man before or one of the two. But her herself, she had kissed a girl before. But she's like, oh, my God, it was just weird. Like, I just had to break up with him. And no one in the circle said anything. Like, the show didn't start a conversation about it. And I was like, what the fuck? How are we just going to sit there and not look at the hypocrisy so you can kiss your friends when you're drunk? But him being bisexual is a problem. Like, tangent. Anyways. Like the concept of the concept of like pushing for what was I even trying to say? Yeah, no. Um, I was thinking about the situation, um, the situation that happened with Brittany Bundles and how she was going, how she went to like some university. You know, Brittany Bundles, the one who got the basketball player. Um, she got pregnant Ooh, with that basketball thirty player. year she old woman. That, guy. Yeah, that thirty year old, the predator. The predator. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about Brittany Brittany Bundles and I actually tweeted about this about how. Like, the, I think the reason why people are upset with what she did isn't necessarily because she's a predator, but because she's a predator who scams people. Like, I feel like at the root of it, the issues with like women being predators isn't that like the like women who are predators are often not chastised for it, you know, by yeah. men mostly. Like men are always like, oh my gosh, she's, you know, Brandy Bundle, she's an attractive woman. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, she's a hot woman. She's, you know, getting this guy, whatever, whatever. This guy bagged her essentially. But in this case scenario, she married him, had a kid with him, divorced him. Now he owes her a shit ton of money. So now people are upset because I feel like at the root of it, if she just like went on and fucked this guy, you know, if she just went on and groomed this man, like without the kid or the commitment and all that, people would have been fine with it. And that's when I was like, because the reaction to her um, being at the university where people like, oh, that's such a double standard when men do it, it's this and that. But it's like, this is not what a safe space looks like. A safe space does not look like why can't we be predators in peace? Why does Britney Bundles get to be a predator and we can't? That's not. And then it was just like so weird to me because it's like this actually could have led to a proper conversation about women being predators in other spaces because they are plenty. There sure. are plenty of like female predators. This could have led to an actual constructive conversation. And yet it's why can't we do it? It just felt very like, it just felt like such a stop to like the potential of that conversation. And I feel like that happens to not, with not like not only those like safe space conversations, but also like a lot of mental health convos. So many. So, so many, like we come so, so close. Bro. So close. Just to the- one common sense inch away and then from an actual conversation. We just let it because go. Because the amount of like black men I know who when they were younger were molested by older black women is an issue and the issue is not only that the thing happened but it's that they don't see it as wrong so it's Mm. like they were like 11 12 like they were like pre-teens early teens whatever the woman was in her 20s late 20s early 20s and they were like yeah that was the first time I had sex like she was a predator that was rape it's like no like it was my first but it's like men 
like it's been ingrained so much in the brain that like when women are like especially if they're like attractive women mm-hmm that like it's a good thing because all men should want sex all of the time and that all men should be tough all of the time Mm. and that all men should you know not show any emotion any of the time and if a woman has sex with you you want it and it's gonna be good like we don't talk about that you know that concept just robs like it just robs men of so much like plurality like the concept of being a three I recently came to the realization I'm saying recently it was like a year or two ago I recently came to realize just how complicated people are and just how we come in so many and like this infinite this infinite number of shapes and sizes like we are capable of feeling this huge range of emotions and experiencing this large array like of things like our lives differ in so many ways and our ways of dealing with the life the, the situations that we face is so different that it's so hard to fathom this concept in which all men are the same or in which all women are the same and everyone just wants the same thing and everyone feels the same way about the same situations. It's something that's that like before I could click, but now I'm just unable to even think about like every man wants X, Y, Z all the time. Every man feels X, Y, Z all the time. Like though your range of emotions is happy, anger. That's all you get to feel. <laughs> like dead. Not even sad, happy, angry. Anger. <laughs> like that's all you get to feel. And that is such a difficult box to live in. Like as a woman, you know, you, you live in a box as well. Um, you live in a box as well. But emotion wise, like the box looks a bit different, mm-hmm. right? So you have a bit more wiggle room as a woman. But like to imagine, like I just honestly cannot imagine just being able to feel like this super short array of emotions amongst like this huge like amount of emotions that are available to us as people. And like this concept of, it's led to like this concept of people tying their self-worth to these valueless aspects of like the human experience, I guess. Like men who tie their self-worth to how many girls they've slept with girls who tie their self-worth to like how many guys they can get to want them or to want to marry them or whatever like I feel like it's this just self-worth has become so like useless it's like this thing that just crumbles the minute anything in your life changes you know and I was thinking a lot about like how I've been tying my self-worth to the concept of me um my acts of service And how like growing up, I've been taught that you get people to like you by doing things for them. So you get people to like you by showing up, by doing, by, you know, going the extra mile, doing things other people wouldn't, having no boundaries, essentially just always being ready to be on call for everybody else's needs, even if they haven't necessarily proven that they do the same for you, or even if it's not necessarily people that are good to you just always being willing to go the extra mile is how you prove that you are worthy of love and that you're valuable as a human being. And like, I saw this tweet recently that was talking about how you do that, or like, in my case, me, I do that. And then I blame other people for only wanting me for those reasons. Like I tied my self-worth to it, but it's also something that I've been wanting to work against. And so those two things coexist. And it's like, I do this, 
but I don't like that you like me because I do this because I don't feel like this should be happening, but this is what's happening right now. So those two things are coexisting. And I feel like that happens a lot with a lot of people with like wanting to unlearn concepts, but still having internalized those concepts so badly that those two things fight and like what you don't want to exist isn't necessarily reflected in your everyday practices. Yeah. I think like that thing you said about the boxes, I think is really interesting, you know, like the limitations placed on men and women, um, putting us both in boxes, just different um, kinds of boxes. And so, you know, the fact that men can only essentially feel like two emotions (laughs) without, you know, shame um, for so long that like they don't even know how to express any other emotion like most of the guys I know like it's not even a thing of like they're bottling up their feelings it's a thing of that they fully don't know how to talk about them they fully don't know how to express them like they can't I feel like a really important skill when you're feeling any type of strong emotion is to like be able to pinpoint the source of it you know so it's like if you're really sad being able to figure out why it is that you're sad you know, and, or if you're angry, figuring out why it is that you're angry, you know, because if you just, like, let the emotion kind of just, like, wash over you or build up, you don't actually, like, improve as a person, Mm. you know, if you don't pinpoint the sources, then you don't realize, like, the patterns of, like, your emotions, you kind of just stay stagnant, and that's why a lot of men are emotionally immature. Actually, not Um, just men, I believe women too like I feel like no I feel like like emotional immaturity isn't like a gender thing I feel like it's really just like the concept of people being people learning from their caregivers and just going on with that like it's like those women that you know have like boys that they'll treat like their husbands bro yeah you know boys that they'll treat like their husbands that's complete mature emotional immaturity leave your son alone yeah (laughs) tata please leave his fiance alone like those moms (laughs) those mother-in-laws who like test the fiance who do all the shit like oh you'll never replace me girl were you having sex with your son like what are you talking about (laughs) what are you talking about this post on twitter like it was a screenshot from someone's story and this woman had taken a picture of her infant like it was a boy and she's like now i got a real man in my bed yeah you're it's giving issues fixed like why like and then that can also cause a lot of trauma the whole thing of like placing all of you know the failed expectations that you've had from grown men literally (laughs) placing all of those things that grown men i emphasize grown because you're (laughs) placing all of these things into a child Um, and then trying to like mold them into like oh my perfect little man and then having these like attachment issues can like create some real problems so much so what was that video you were talking about Um, the one (laughs) oh my gosh there's this man on tiktok called the situational therapist who posted this video talking about how his mom traumatized him you know parentified him and treated him as you know her little man and then he was saying that that was a good reason as to why Black men hate Black women. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. The guy, 
the first 40 seconds of the video he made some points you know yes. he was talking right. about how you know it can be damaging for mm-hmm. a parent to place all of these expectations on an infant Absolutely. whatever whatever and then he said that's why he hates black women now listen <laughs> projecting at its finest that's another beautiful thing the art of projecting Bro. that is something like when you come to understand that a lot of the things that you feel like a lot of the things that like trigger you and bother you are projections of like yourself I feel like it's very freeing it's very freeing especially considering that that man's a therapist that was like a very huh people pay you to solve their problems you know it was a very like hmm type of moment and it just like Another thing, like people are multifaceted beings, like three-dimensional beings, someone serving a role in society, please do not make that think that they know everything about everything. Racist therapists exist, misogynistic therapists exist, like therapists that perpetuate misogynoir, they exist. So please be selective with your therapist. You've got to change five times, change five times if you can. But like that concept of like the projection like at the end of the day, him being a therapist did not shield him from the ability to project from his childhood. And it did not necessarily make him able to see what happened to him and be like, oh, well, this is how I should process this in a way that actually takes into account my experience without turning it into hateful rhetoric towards people that have literally nothing to do with me. And then the issue is that I feel like there's no real desire for most men or on the part like of most men to be able to have actual safe spaces you know like I don't think men have an actual desire to talk about their emotions or to sit with their friends and be able to be open and honest I feel like the safe spaces conversation or the safe spaces topic is often just used as like a retaliation against like women being annoying on the internet you know which like a lot of Into, like, literally fall into line into a will be like oh but y'all said you wanted men to be open and honest right so like what's that and then it's like okay but it's like i don't think most men actually desire to like be open and honest with one and each other like i don't think men like want to be able to cry around each other i don't think like i don't think niggas want to be able to like sit in a circle with their friends and hug them while they're crying like i really don't think that's what most men are after you know, mm. which is a bit, well, I would say unfortunate, but I mean, if it's what the people want, <laughs> it's not like if they, if they <laughs> themselves, how am I going to go force someone to do something? To want something. Exactly. Like what is considered good to you isn't necessarily what's considered good to the next person. Exactly. Like bestie, but, if you say you're not sad. But I actually, actually, I, I don't think that's exactly the case for a lot, all men. I feel like there's situations where like a lot of men are just paralyzed by the fear of breaking those like ways of thinking mm-hmm. and going against the grain the fear of being lonely the fear of losing you know companionship and camaraderie even though it's not like camaraderie that's actually helping them mm-hmm. and they require a romantic partner to you know keep their head up above water I feel like just the concept of being part of something that sense of community is still something that they crave so like wanting to go against the grain often means having to change that right it often means having to you know put the people that aren't serving you to the side you know people talk a lot of about how oh when you heal you're lonely ta 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 like some people are very much afraid of that i've also noticed that like you know the whole thing that's like 
men are better friends than women men are more loyal friends than women like i've noticed that like men seem like men don't really seem to change circles often and i'm not saying that women do either but i'm saying that like typically as a woman grows i I feel like there are phases of your life you know Mm. and obviously there are some people that stick throughout all of the phases right but i feel like as you grow into a different person especially out of like high school high school elementary school all of that as you become like a person you change and everybody is changing at the same time so it's not a just thing of like i'm evolving better than you it's literally that like we're all evolving and we're all growing in different directions right so mm-hmm. friend groups literally just like naturally change because people naturally change but what i've realized is that like a lot of men somehow still have like the exact same friend groups that they've had for most of their lives and so the idea of like putting someone to the side or the idea that someone that they've known for 20 years might Mm. not be the best person for them or might be hindering their growth is not something that they want to deal with right Mm. they don't want to confront the fact that their friend being a misogynist isn't good for them they don't want to confront the fact that like the person that they were like in diapers with being a hobophobe is like not a good thing you know so men are friends with sexual assaulters they're friends with rapists they're friends with extremely problematic people simply for the fact of like not kind of I think wanting to have like wasted all of that time Mm. in that sense so like this is like kind of like a bit of a tangent but not really I don't think that men are more loyal friends or they're better friends than women are I think they are less prone to like actually exploring kind of the not the depth but kind of like Mm. exploring kind of like the meaning and like the re- the content of their relationships mm-hmm. you know I feel like that is a good word for it actually like because friendships can actually like feel like soulmates almost sometimes you know yeah like, friendships sure. can have like this really deep connection to it mm-hmm. and like it can actually be a really strengthening like contribution to your support system but to do that you need to be vulnerable like you know to do that, you need to be able to create boundaries and hold each other accountable. You need to be able to do those things. Otherwise, you don't actually create an authentic connection. Someone's being sacrificed in the process. And I've actually noticed that a lot in, I'm going to say guy friendships, but actually friendships with women too. Like people being willing to, willing to sacrifice themselves for the sake of not losing the connections it's not an actual connection that's not that's not what a connection looks like but not fearing the loss of that community is so much greater than actually desiring to create an authentic connection with people and i feel like that's how people a lot of people men included miss out on those sorts of like connections with other human beings like longevity does not always equal quality you know like there's this whole thing of like oh we've been friends for years we've been friends for decades but like that's not always necessarily a good thing like if these people can't you know hold you accountable if these people aren't like actively participating in your development as a person as in in your positive development because development could be negative um if they're not like actively participating in your positive development as a person not saying that your friends are only there to like make you a better person because like they're they're people too but it's like your circle should not be like hindering you yeah like you should not be like regressing you know Mm -hmm. like 
So I think often that a lot of friendships can actually be the reason that like a lot of people don't like emotionally grow either because they're stuck around like the same mindset. Like when you don't need to meet new people, you also don't need to change the way you think, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I've seen circumstances in which people were put in like different environments like I've seen situations or I don't know if you've met like especially in like high school you meet people who depending on their environment they're with they act differently Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's also a big part of it like the concept of like this conditional vulnerability um when they're with a certain like I feel like honestly a lot of people would literally just benefit from being thrown into a new group of friends a group of friends that's more like that's healthier and more beneficial for them for them to change mm-hmm. as people and although that shouldn't be the case you know people should be like able to make that to go through those steps on their own I feel like there's some people that honestly just take them out of their group throw them in a new one and they can come out like a whole new person that's actually like conscious and aware of the role they play in society of the role the the experiences they dealt with um played on their day-to-day lives Hey guys, thanks for listening to yet another episode of Black Girls Talk. We really enjoyed recording this, so we hope you guys enjoyed listening. We have the second part of this episode coming out next week, actually, so make sure to keep your eyes peeled for that one. Make sure to engage with all our social media down in the description, and we can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye!